praise the Lord. God is great. Yes, sir, he sure is. I'd like to sing a song tonight, Hold to God's Unchanging Hand. I'm sure that we're all thankful that we have a strong hand to hang on to tonight. In a time of catastrophe, in a time of devastation, time of turmoil, not knowing what tomorrow brings, but we know who holds tomorrow. Amen. Are you thankful for that? Hallelujah. Oh, time is filled with
first times. Ready to leave? Keep. <clears throat> I believe it's the same key. Verse 1. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's start. Some folks are building homes down here and planning ahead. So busy with their fortune, they forgot what Jesus said about the war and earthquake and the glad we've got something to get ready with. Hallelujah. The revealed word that God has opened up in this day. We're not just singing because we're emotional. We're singing because we've got something to sing about. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's sing that song, Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. We haven't sang that for a while, but I'd like us to stand together and just, just open up our hearts to God tonight. We just want to have fellowship with Him, communion with Him. We want to worship Him, make Him welcome that He can come and minister to us, to our every need tonight. Amen. Is that your desire? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart.
my words, oh Lord. Consider my meditation. I hear the voice of my God.
you, Lord Jesus. We magnify you, Lord Jesus. We sing praises unto thee, O Lord Jesus, for thou art worthy, O God. Worthy to be praised tonight, Lord. Thank you, O Lord Jesus, for your saving and keeping power, Lord. For your precious blood that atones for us, Father. Thank you for your grace unto us, O God. For lifting us out of the miry clay, O God. For revealing your word unto us, O God. Setting us on a rock, Lord. A rock of revelation, O Father. Unmovable, unshakable, Lord. Just like a tree that's planted by the rivers of living water, O God. How we thank you, O God. You are wonderful, Lord. You are mighty. You are powerful, O God. You are omniscient. You are omnipotent. You are unchanging, O God. And we hold to your hand tonight, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, O God. We worship you, Lord. We worship you in spirit and in truth, Father. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise your name, O God. Praise your name, Lord. Praise your name, Lord. So thankful that precious brother Tim was able to return safely, and we're so glad to have him here tonight. Would you just come and pray with us tonight, brother? I appreciate that so much. Let's bow our heads together. If you have a need, why don't you just hold that before the Lord this evening. Wonderful Heavenly Father, as Brother Nathan said, we're so thankful to be in the house of God tonight. We're thankful to be your people. We're thankful, Father, that we can walk in the light of the last days. Conscious, O oh Lord, aware, spiritually sensitive to what you are doing, Lord, in this hour. Not looking to a God of history. Not wondering what God might do tomorrow. But Lord, living in the realities of your spirit moving today. Your church doors are open today. That's why we're here, Lord. Our hearts have moved us, Lord, that we might come and feed on your word. Lord, that we might be in your presence. That we might lay our needs at your feet. Casting our cares upon you, knowing that you care for us, O God. We thank you for Brother Tom coming home. We thank you, Lord, for Brother Michael's safe journey. We thank you for each and every one that's gathered in tonight. And Lord, we just pray that you'll just move amongst us as the word comes. May it be anointed, Lord. May it be divinely inspired to meet the need at this particular time. Lord, in the general sense, we walk in the light of the hour, but specifically, Father, you know the need of each and every individual. Whether it be here, Lord, whether it be on the internet, Canada, United States, whatever country is listening in at this moment. Lord, at this moment, you are a I am God. You're the God that said, I am that I am. And Lord, we believe that with all of our hearts. May you touch our bodies. Lord, may you heal our sick. Lord, may you lift up the downcast. Lord, may you strengthen the weak, O God. Lord, may you grant deliverance to the captives. And Lord, may the saved be lost, we pray. May the lost be saved, O God. We're just asking, O God, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
that your spirit would meet every need. As Lord, we commit this service now to you, asking your blessing upon Brother Michael as he brings the word. And Lord, may you have the preeminence in every part of this service. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Bless you. You can have your seats tonight. It's just uh, Brother Glenn has written in here. There's a a gray Ford outside with a BC plate. Um, PY367S. Lights are on. Please turn them off. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Just so wonderful to have. All, as Brother Tim was mentioning in his prayer, just wonderful to have our ministers home and welcome you. And just happy to have you, each and every one. Praise God. The, the uh, services in Dallas were wonderful, and by Brother Tom's report, and I'm sure Brother Tim's got much to tell us, and Brother Mike Ray tonight. So we're just we're just uh, in anticipation to hear what God is doing. Amen. I've got a song in my heart here before Brother Mike comes, and uh, it's an old song, Hiding in Thee, O Safe to the Rock That is Higher Than I. It's number 735, key of E flat. I believe it's E flat, yes. Verse 1. <clears throat> Oh, safe to the rock that is higher than I, my soul in its conflict and sorrows would fly, so sinful, so weary thine, thine would I be. Thou blessed rock of ages, I'm hiding in thee, hiding in thee, hiding in thee, thou blessed Yeah. 
I sang that and I always love to sing that song. It's just a real expression of what we feel in our hearts when we can run to the Lord. He's that strong tower that we can run to. That mighty tower. That unfailing tower. Amen. Let's sing that song. Oh, what a friend who walks beside me. As our brother Mike would come tonight. Maybe we can stand once more and just sing this out to our Lord. Oh, what a friend. song been on my mind oh what a friend we have in Jesus what a privilege to bear take all our cares and our burdens Lord take it to the Lord in prayer Lord not majority vast majority of this earth of the seven or so billion people they don't have that privilege they don't have the privilege to carry their burdens in prayer to you What a privilege, Lord. 
Lord, even praying these last few days that you even gave us that ability of prayer. An opportunity of prayer. Lord, the most powerful weapon in our arsenal. You gave that to us, Lord. Maybe we underuse it, Lord. Help us to get under the burden of prayer. May you take this service, Lord, in your hands tonight as we would pray, Lord, and welcome you, our Holy Spirit. We welcome thee into this sanctuary that you'd move in a special way tonight, Lord, and take the people, their ears of hearing. Lord, may it not just be the ears of the natural man, but, Lord, ears and eyes of understanding, Lord, they'd be opened up and that we'd receive, Lord, from your throne commit this evening and the remainder of the service into your hands now in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Good to see you all. I feel like it's my first service preaching ever again. Mercy. I said, have I preached before? I don't feel like it, but it's good to see you. My goodness, Brother Paul, Sister Heidi, first time seeing you here in the service. God bless you. For me, that is, but so good to see you, oh my, my, well, we're going to just have a little, well, I don't know where to start, musicians, that's it, and I'm a little hot, so you can bring me down, please, as well, from the sound, we'll maybe turn in our scriptures, and, uh, and then we'll just, a little bit of a short start report, maybe, I told Butter Tim, I said, I have a little video to show us, and maybe the behind-the-scenes version, and he'll give you the, in the front-of-the-scenes version, <laughs> maybe on Sunday, Lord willing, but. We're going to turn to the scriptures to 2 Kings 6, 8 to 17, and then we'll just, uh, just we'll go to the maybe little video and the little report, and then we'll go into the Word. We're going to start at verse 8. And the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there, not once nor twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled. For this thing he called his servants and said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? <laughs> Translation is, Who's the traitor in my midst? <laughs> Because I want to find you out and your, your head's on the chopping block is probably what would have happened. It says, who's the traitor? Who's, who's going to show me who's for the king of Israel? And the one of the servants said, nobody here, none, my Lord. You're safe, O king. But Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. <laughs> Amen. I love it. Oh, my, the king of Israel. Uh, the prophet Elisha speakest what speakest the words which thou speakest in thy bedchamber. What a spy! <laughs> what a spy! You bet there was. It was called the God of Israel. Amen. And so then he says, "Go and spy where he is." I just I chuckled. I said, "You just got told. <laughs> you just got told that whatever you say in your bedchamber is being told to the king of Israel, and so now go and spy." Like he doesn't know where you're going now. 
There's some humor here. The Lord has a sense of humor, I think. And he said, go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And he was, and it was told him, saying, behold, he's in Dothan. And therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant came of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And a servant said unto him, oh, alas, my master, how shall we do? Probably slightly more fearful than that. And he answered, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Amen. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes and the young man of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. My, what scripture? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Lord, I pray thee open his eyes. Lord, I pray that's the case tonight. Open our eyes to see your word of our day. Amen. Well, hold, tuck that scripture in your heart. Just, uh, I know Brother Tim's going to bring greetings from, from Uganda. We had a, just a, a incredible time for me. It was a, a amazing opportunity. I thanked Brother Tim. I thank him again for allowing me to come along and, uh, and be just a part of it. I, I've said multiple times, I think it blessed me more than it blessed anybody there. That's for certain. Just to be able to see what the Lord was doing, has been doing over there over these last several years in Uganda. It's, uh, I think it's unprecedented. More, very much unprecedented in the, uh, I think in the message around the, the globe to see just the, the, uh, the immensity of it, of what the, how the Lord is moving in just, uh, in, in, on mass. And it's almost overwhelming to try and take that in. I mean, you can, we sit here, I've sat here and you see the pictures, but, uh, just to then just to be with the brothers and, you know, see what they're dealing with and just the effects of it. It's, it's quite incredible. And so they need our prayers. Amen. They need our prayers as they work through just the different uh, challenges. We are uh, able to be with Brother Abali and uh, Brother Rogers, a pastor, a new pastor there. Brother Hannington, who's a, a pastor who's been there for many, many years, one a veteran. And another pastor, Brother Dennis and Brother Busabozi, of course. I finally was able to greet Brother Busabozi for the first time in my life. <laughs> We've heard of each other for a long time, but my, we were able to spend some time together. And we surely enjoyed that, Brother Bus. Whether you see the service or not, we surely had a wonderful time. Uh, just uh, a lot of car riding together. <laughs> There's a, yeah, <laughs> a lot of car riding. I tell you, traffic there is, I said, we don't have ja- traffic jams here. I'm just going to re-educate you a little bit. We have, uh, we have controlled congestion. All right. We have controlled congestion and it might not even be considered congestion. It could just be that we get a few extra cars on the road and we have to stop the odd time. They have jams, traffic jams <laughs> and so you spend a lot of time in the car and you know what until you actually experience it these some of these brothers they drove us to and from the air from the uh hotel and uh after a long day of driving back and uh, to and from uh, services they then went and dropped us off at the hotel and then they proceeded to have a three and four hour drive back home and uh that would be us driving to Kelowna or so, but really that was maybe just 30 or 40 kilometers into the city, 
And, uh, and we don't, you just don't realize that. But these are the, these are sad. And they didn't even think two cents about it. I said, my goodness, you just drove to Kelowna to go to bed after dropping me off. And, uh, you know, you just feel about yay small. Uh, they don't even think about it. It's just, uh, you know, they're wanting to do that for you. And so these are, these are the, even just the little challenges you think about that they go through and, and, uh, and where they live. But, uh, they're just, oh my. Brother Freddie's, uh, Young, uh, he has three sons. We were able to be with them and spend some time with them. They were just, uh, oh my, just wonderful young men, young brothers. They're taking up the torch, helping Brother Freddie there. Uh, we spent uh, an afternoon with them on the radio. Um, should I go and just tell them a little bit about the two little, little you know, we, we know about the radio broadcast, right? And we've been supporting the radio broadcast. And so they've been, that's been, you know, very vital to the, to Uganda as, you know, reading is not, um, you know, always the, the dominant way that they're able to hear the, read the, the message because they can't read. Uh, but, uh, you know, the young brothers there, they've also started a, um, a little internet radio as well. So there's kind of two radio prongs going out. And one is FM and that's going, uh, you know, a certain radius. And then they have an internet radio that, uh, kind of becoming a new trend, um, here in the world. And so people are accessing that on their phones. And so they've started, they're basically managing 24 hour program. And they've got services being broadcast and specials and different things. And well, we, uh, I wasn't quite knowledgeable on what this was. And, uh, so we were just talking about it. We spent some time going over the technicality, you know, aspect for audio and such. And so he said, well, we want to just, you know, spend some time on radio and talk about, you know, your testimony and, and just uh, speak with, and I said, okay. And I wasn't quite aware of the, the, what this was exactly, but it ended up, it's full on radio. I, it was, uh, we were on for an hour or so and then it was call-ins and people would call in and are asking questions. And I'm like, on a, this is a full real deal. It kind of was a little unnerving. <laughs> so, so after we were done, he says, well, here's how many people were connected. And there was over 2000 people that had been connected to their little radio station. Wow. You guys are, uh, serious business. So, uh, you know, Lord, Lord, give them wisdom and, and, uh, direction as they're just, it's maybe a couple months they've been doing the internet radio side. So they're trying to cover, you know, more areas and people from even beyond Uganda were connecting in They're They're hungry. The people are hungry and, and, uh, they don't, can't always read so that the listening is very critical for them. So, so keep that in, keep them in your prayers there. But, uh, the, I, 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 we preached a handful of services through the through the week and a bit that we were there, and it was different. First time with a translator, that was a new experience for me. And uh, but I'd say if I if there was one big takeaway, if I came back from I said you know uh, preaching to somebody that has never had a Bible, that was uh, that was sobering because they were sitting there and they had no clue of what I was actually reading. They didn't they had never read the scripture. And then the latter on top of that, they maybe never even read the message that I was referring to. They've never read a quote. They don't even know what I'm talking about. They don't even know the title. And, uh, and, and that, that, that just reinvigorates a, a passion. Should in any believer's heart to say, they need a Bible and they need the message. Because that's what strengthens us. That's what's built us up to where we are, the building the bride and robing the bride in the, in the word. And if they don't have it, it behooveth us, us to get it to them if we can. And that was that, uh, you know, I, then I thought about my, here, here the Catholic church, when the people couldn't read 
And they held back. They held it back. As they, as, and it was power. They could hold back the knowledge and then feed them what they want to feed them, not actually feed them the real word of God. And I thought, no, not, not, not if we, not if we can do anything about it, devil. We're not going to hold back what they should have. They need a Bible and they need this message, amen. And so, like I said, if there was something that that just that that it impacted me. It impacted me to be preaching to different ones and to say, you know, I just never had a Bible before. So, Lord, I know different ones are, are, are behind the burden. And I know Brother Barry and different, different churches around the world are behind that burden. And, and, uh, and Lord, help us. Help the bride. Get behind that. Get the word into the hands of the people. Amen. And so I had just an incredible, incredible time. Brother Stephen of Bali, Brother Freddie, they're doing an amazing work. Brother Tim, it was just a joy to be able to see you know, these are years of, of labor and, and burden and work, and you're seeing fruits of it, and it's, uh, it doesn't come without a cost. And so I just was a, just a blessing for me to be there and to see the people, see the believers. I said I got a little taste of heaven because I got to go and visit with uh, different ones that were going to be over on the other side. I said, wow, what a time that's going to be. That's why we're going to need billions and billions of years. Because each person is going to take quite a, quite a long time each. <laughs> so we have eternity. Amen. So we're, I have a, mm, we'll just go right to, I have a, but a, it's a little six minute clip. It just gives you a little bit of an overview of, of Uganda in 2021 here. So go ahead, brothers, and just play that.
in the car with Butter Chingy. Shalom to the friends. Amen. It has been a blessing to do with my brother here, Brother Dennis. Greetings to the grandfather of my brother, my uh, that is my pastor, Pastor Eddie Bisico. God bless you. Amen. Greetings to Brother Ray. I love you as you know. Amen. <laughs> God bless you. office here yeah. in uh, Kampala with Brother Bastabozi and here we're just yes. looking over going over the we have Bibles uh, yes. limited quantity of Bibles left over and some of the messages we're doing 8,000 titles yes. uh, sorry 8 titles a month 12,000 in quantity total yes and these are uh, these are a couple of the we have what title are these Brother Bas? Uh, this one is what's is faith expressed amen I'm in the uh, one of the rooms here where the books are sorted and uh, stapled. We have the staple and folding going on. And picking, that's right, putting it together, getting the right pages in order. And so this is the this is the headquarters. This is HQ. That's where it happens. And then this little room here is just where there's also storing and stapling happens. So this is this is the this is the place where it happens. Here I am with all the all right. team. God bless you. Amen. At the print office here in Kampala. Only brother Chem missing. Brother Chem is missing. I'm so sorry. Is he stuck in traffic? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, understandable. Yeah. You've seen the traffic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So we wanted to say a greetings to everyone here. And Amen. God bless you for all your labors God and efforts. Bless Amen. You. God bless you. Oh, 
that's six minutes of Uganda. Glory. <laughs> that was my last song. That was my send-off. We were heading to the airport right after that. Amen. And we did, they just love to sing and testify and give glory to God. That's, that's what we do. Amen. So we had a wonderful time. So pray for them. Remember them in prayer. And just the Lord would just keep keep the fires burning. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to just go to the scripture here. I'm going to I'm going to blaze like fire. All right. I don't got no translator. (laughs) So, Lord, help me. I don't know if I'll even get anywhere through, but uh, we'll see how the Lord moves. Like I said, it feels like a first time service. So scripture, second Kings is where we were. We were just going to take a little thought eyes that penetrate the supernatural. And man, eyes that penetrate the supernatural. And that's where Elisha prayed. He said, Lord, I pray thee that thee open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes and the, of the young man. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots and a fire around about Elisha. And so I was pondering, Lord, about eyesight. Eyesight. You know, it's one of our most precious senses, actually. This coat's really getting me uptight. So we'll take it off and relax. The eyes. One of your most, I would say your most precious sense. In fact, and no camera could even come to just, come and do justification of the eyeball. Uh, we can differentiate between 150 hues of the spectrum of light and in combining that all together, that's up to half a million color variations that our eyes can, uh, can actually uh, sense. And we recognize objects at, at lightning speed with amazing sharpness. The eye is incredible. Anybody ever looked at the anatomy of the eye? It's it's amazing in itself, amen. It adapts effortless, effortlessly to any distance and all lighting conditions. Anybody that's ever used a camera, you got to deal with focus and aperture and all these business, and your lights, your eyeballs are doing it this fast. It's check, it's moving, and, and and it actually has over two million parts. Yeah, I know. When you get when you start counting all the rods and cone cells, I guess you get up to those over two million parts. But and it moves faster than any other muscle you have. It can actually move in one one hundredth of a second, and so it's quick. It's a, it's a quick uh, quick little aspect in your skull. And eighty percent of our memories are by our sight, and so you can see the the content that we're receiving through our eyes. Second most complex organ. Anybody know what the most complex is? Thank you, Victoria. It is indeed the brain. The most complex. And your eyeball is second to that only. And it can function at 100% at any given time of the day. It's, uh, it doesn't even need to rest. And so, boom, your eyeball's open in the middle of the night. Your eyeball's ready to go. It's not like, hey, I'm sleeping too. Just uh, let me wake up. <laughs> no, it's, it's ready to go. I mean, that's the eye. It's an incredible. And, uh, and so all of our, 80% of all of our environmental information is retained to the eye. And, in fact, almost a third of our brain is used to just take in and deal with and translate all of that information. So, so there's a lot going on to the eye gate, to the eye gate, right? And so you can see such a reliance on this sense. We rely on our eyeballs in, in such a fashion that second really to none. And so it's no wonder we have actually a hard time disregarding what it's telling us. All right, as we, we we rely upon it, eighty percent of our memories, eighty percent of our information from our environment, it's being retained. A third of our brain is dealing with what our eyes are telling us. But then we have a struggle now. We have a struggle because our when we need to disregard what our eyes are telling us, we in our flesh 
That's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do, right? Because everything we see, we cherish we, with our eyes, especially this natural life. It, it's it's very important to us, and so we have, you know, we have our possessions and and all the thing, our eyes, you know, it's a. Uh, it, our material aspects of life and and uh, it's it's very important to us you know i just came from i just came from a from a country where there's not as many things not as many things you know and uh, i couldn't help but look around and say you know are we really better off here are we really better off with all of the things that are eye that tantalize our eyes you know it just it it consumes us it consumes us so so many things and and so many areas of life and we're going to and fro and back and forth. You have so many so much possessions and stuff that we're taking in, and is it really what is it doing for us? That was the and so when we have to disregard that and faith has to kick in, we have to put aside everything that our eyes now have been telling us. Everything ours are telling us. Now, everything in this world is geared to keep our keep our attention, to keep our eyes so captured, so so intent on the things of this earth. So, so envisioned and, and so locked in. And if our earthly eyes are so focused on something, God help us that our heavenly vision is not being blinded and not being set aside. Because we need heavenly eyesight to penetrate the darkness of this day. Amen. It's pushing its way into our world or into our lives. And it's subtle. Ooh, it's subtle. Amen. It's, 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 uh, and that's why we need, we need different vision. Different eyesight by the word to help us see through what the darkness of this world is pressing against us. All right. I was I was even I was on the plane. Oh, my goodness. Even these cartoons that that are even on the on the plane and people don't even realize the subtlety of them and the message that is being pushed through it. Oh, my goodness. And if you don't have, if you are not locked into the word and the message of this day, oh my, oh, it's crafty. Oh, it's some little sea monster guy that turns into, you know, human and, and monster and he's got his male friend and it's just so subtle, so subtle. And they're just pushing the agenda of the day through just a little cartoon. Eyesight. Our fashion, our social norms. I was chatting with my brother just uh, when I got back, and he was just mentioning I can't exactly remember where and he was talking about somebody who was who had who had come out of some very dark dark places. He was into you know witchcraft and warlocks and all this business, and the, and he, and the, he mentioned a line this fellow that they actually chuckled about Halloween because it's when actually even all Christians celebrate. The, the 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 best day of the of the year for the dark side. We should be not even a part of that. But they are laughing because it's pulled the wool over 
everyone else's eyes and it's their best day. The, the darkness is best day. And here the world is, is celebrating with candy and they're chuckling and saying, ha ha, you're joining us. It's subtle. It's subtle. So there's more going on in an unseen realm than meets the eye. Right. And so if our eyes, if we go back to the importance of our eyes and what it, it actually achieves for us in our, in our natural world and our natural bodies and, and all in our lives, if our eyes are that important naturally about, you know, what we see and, and, and what about our spiritual eyes, how vital are they in our, in, in our spiritual walk? My, we pity a blind person. Boy, do we ever pity a blind person. You know, when you see somebody with their walking stick and they can't see, that's, it hits you, hits you in the heart. It hits you in the heart. Consequently, that person had not been, if they were not blind at birth and they were blind somewhere in their later life, they actually see in their dreams. Isn't that interesting? But men, when they're blind and they cannot see, your heart just breaks for somebody. What about somebody that's spiritually blind? Because that's just temporal, the natural side. But what about somebody that's spiritually blind? What is our heart doing? There should be an ache and a cry and a burden for somebody that their eyesight is, 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 is clouded over. They cannot see. They can't see what God is doing this day. We should be burdened for that, doing whatever we can. Lord, open their eyes. Amen. Send the light. As the song says, the precious gospel light. Right? So here, we had two people, Elisha and our scripture and his servant, both living in the same place, both in the same situation. Both were standing there, but one could see and one could not. Right? We're both there. Both were experiencing the same thing. But there was more than meets the eye. Right? There was more there than what, what the servant saw. He was like, oh my goodness, there's, there's enemy all around us. Elisha was just all calm. Why? Because there was, there was something, things weren't quite as they seemed. It wasn't quite as it seemed. There, there was, there was something beyond his natural sight that was there, but he just couldn't see it. It wasn't tangible for him. Amen? But here was Elisha, calm and cool as could ever be, because he knew there was more out there. Amen? Amen. It requires a different eyesight to see in that realm. So many super characters these days. Super this and super that. Everyone wants superpowers. X-ray vision, you know. They want to be able to see the unseen. You know, all this Star Wars thing and the force that and that. It's, it's, it's all a perversion of the reality. Amen? My goodness. And they come out with Wonder Woman. I said, there's only one Wonder Woman. There's only one Wonder Woman. It's just the devil trying to put in front of the world something that's perverted. But there's a bride. That has all the power because she's been given the authority of God's word. That's the Wonder Woman. A super bride that's looking into a different realm. Amen. By faith. Scripture says we don't look to the things which are seen. We look to the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporal. and But the things which are not seen are eternal. Let's keep our eyes off the things which are seen. Don't get so locked in to this earth because it's a temporary thing. Temporary. Amen. Faith cometh by hearing. Faith we see by faith. 
Amen. Brother Branham says, God may not, God may they understand it's by committing their lives to you and their faith to you and walking by faith, not by sight. He said, sight is not faith. It's an enemy to faith. My goodness. So you got 80% of your, of everything coming in to your, into your being is being brought in by your sight and it's an enemy to your faith. There's a battle. There's a battle. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things we don't see. He says they did not walk by sight, they walked by faith. Believing what God said was truth, oh, what a difference it is when men who will walk by faith and call anything by sight that's contrary to the word as though it was not. My goodness, if we just practice that, God bless you, Sister Tash and Brother Daniel. Amen, good to see you. Amen, if we just practice that, that anything that's contrary to the word as though it's not. Regardless of what your eyes tell you, it's contrary to the word, it's not. Just walk like that for a little while and find out how your spiritual walk goes. Your circumstances or your symptoms, it's contrary to the word of God because his word of God says that I'm healed. His stripes I was healed on Calvary. He was bruised for my iniquity. It's contrary to the word, it's nothing. Amen. Jonah. Poor Jonah was deep in circumstances. Deep. Brother Branham actually says three miles deep. <laughs> three miles deep in circumstances. Anybody got three miles deep in circumstances above you? <laughs> no, probably not. And he, was, he repented and prayed towards the temple. He said, symptoms, they're lying vanities. Don't receive them. Don't have nothing to do with them. If you look to them, you're looking away from God. If you're looking at your symptoms... If you're looking at your circumstances, you've turned your back on God. Turn back to God. Forget the three miles deep of circumstances. He was sitting there down in the belly of a big fish. God sent down a supernatural oxygen tank. And here he's praying towards the temple because of the promise of Solomon when he dedicated the temple. And little did he know, he didn't care about the circumstances. He was just doing what God told him to do. And he little did he know that that big fish was making its way all the way to Nineveh. He didn't know that. He was surrounded by belly. But there he went. He said, forget it. I don't care how deep that water is. I'm setting my face to the temple. And here that fish goes. Amen. And whoop, up he went and walked right into Nineveh. Amen. Put your back towards the, the circumstance and put your face towards God. And watch him move on the scene. Regardless whether you see it happening or not. The fish was moving. Amen. No one could look at what they see and be a Christian. That's what the prophet says. No one can look at what they see. Regardless of what your eye gate is telling you. And everything about this natural body is going to be at war with that. You're going to have to reject it. If you're going to walk by faith and not by sight, everything that this eyeball takes in, all two million plus moving parts that's telling you, oh, look at this. Oh, you got some pain. Oh, look at that issue with your leg. Oh, look at this situation. Look at this circumstance. Everything you see, you got to reject it because you can't even be a Christian if you're looking at what the circumstance is. My. You gotta believe the unseen. For it's by faith are you healed, not by sight, and not by feeling. Amen. 
Lord Brown says, if you, if you won't testify that you've got it, when you testify you still have your sickness, the devil keeps it with you. But refuse to testify of it. So I won't have it. Mm-mm. No, sir. And then he gives the example of getting the box. Everybody knows the exa- of the of the uh, testimony he gives on that and taking the pact and signing for it. We all know this. He says, "Oh my, that's when you're getting faith. Give your faith a chance." He says, "Turn it loose and unbridle it. Unbridle anybody. Anybody rode an unbridled horse? No, neither have I. <laughs> Why not? Because it's just wild." You're gone. It's going to go wherever it wants to go. It's going to cover some serious ground. You're going to be bumped up and down, probably kicked off the other side. But that's what he's saying. Get your faith. Let it loose. Don't put the reins on it. Don't hold his head back and say, oh, Nelly, I don't know if I can go that far. I don't know if I can believe that. That's a little too far for my faith. Unbridle it. Let your faith go. He said, well, I don't know if I have enough faith to believe for that. Sister Serena, I have enough faith. I ain't going to step back. I believe 100% if God can make a leg grow. He did it before. He can do it again. I ain't going to just hold back the horse's reins. And not as should any of you. Let it go. Amen. You're holding back God's head. You're holding him back. Saying, oh, no, God, you can't do it. You're limiting him. We'll never limit him. Never limit our God. Let it work, he says. You got it all bound down with tradition. Turn it loose. Cut it loose. Let God have his way. Amen. Amen. Jonah's face, it was cut loose. (laughs) Amen. That fish was moving. So here, Elisha. Brother Ed spoke a message a long time ago. I don't even, I just remember the, I just remember the title. He spoke prophet optics. Remember the, t- remember the title? Elisha had prophet optics. He could see as a prophet could see into the other dimension, into the unseen. And his eyes penetrated past the natural realm of the earthly dimension with God's binoculars. Amen. But our Branham said, he said, Job raised up and he put on God's binoculars. Whew. Put his binoculars, God put his binoculars down over Job's eyes and he looked way down 4,000 years and he says, I know my Redeemer liveth and at the last days he'll stand on earth and though the skinworms destroy my body. What was it? It was God's binoculars. It was God's vision that he looked through. Amen. Oh my. We had another prophet. We had a prophet in our day. He had God's binoculars on him. He could see into that other realm, amen? It's a real realm, saints. Oh my, he said, it's not all fiction. We got enough science fiction and all this different stuff. All giving you all these different realms and hooky spooky whatever. But there is a real realm. There's a prophet that showed you that realm. God took over the flesh of that man. Oh my goodness. Gave him the ability to pierce. Pierce the supernatural. And I was just, I have a couple quotes of piercing that realm. He said, he talks about the one, he goes, there was an old friend of all, as Orville and I, just, he's like a real, real like I'd be his father. Some little boy, he goes, I married his father. He's talking about a little boy. And he'd just jump up and scream, get out of here, get out of here, get out of here, to Brother Branham. He says, now, what we have to do there is go out into the line of the spirit and catch that boy's spirit. 
You tell me what binoculars that is. That's God's binoculars that can tap into a spirit realm and find a boy's spirit. Something's off. Get out of here. He's got a bad spirit. You find it and bring it back. Whew. My goodness. That's piercing the veil of the supernatural. Might another time he speaks about a young lady, which we know the account. And she's a fine young lady, 18 years old. She was a twin and a Christian girl in school. Other girls would talk about her. You know, the two girls, she was a twin. And tell them how they were and what, li- what the life they were missing and how they should live like the rest of the girls. Another quote, he talks about how they're teasing her, bullying her. You young people, you children, don't you dare. Dare tease and bully Here, this young lady, she was being bullied. She was in tease. Oh, you're missing out on this. You shouldn't live like that. What do you think you're doing? And one girl was just able to override it. And the other one had a complex and she felt real bad about it and just kept going away and drifting further back and worrying about it. And finally, she got a mental breakdown and she's in the insane ward. All because some little kid would come up to her and tease her and say, what do you think? What are you wearing? You got a skirt on for her. You're living that. You're missing out on this. You should be out drinking and partying with us. Poke, poke, poke. Tease, tease, tease. And it wore down on her. And it wore down on her. wore down on her. And it gave her a breakdown. Woe unto any of our children that would do anything of that nature and poke, poke, poke and tease somebody. She's perfectly healthy. It's hard to explain it. And it really can't be explained. What is it? It's her spirit has wandered. Her spirit wandered. Now you've got to catch your spirit and bring it back to the place. See? My, now that's the same thing you've got to do. I've seen it. I know it's true. But now he goes, I request you to all pray now that God will help me find this little girl out into a place where she don't know where she's at and bring her back. That avenue comes through faith, vision, prophet optics, be able to penetrate into the supernatural realm and find a spirit of a young lady and draw her back. I, we might not have, Brother Branham might not be here, but the word of God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that same word can penetrate your realm and bring back your spirit if it's gone and wandered. Maybe you're a young person. Maybe your child has wandered in spirit. The word of God can go and bring that spirit back. He knows where they're at. But you get your eyes off the circumstances. You say, oh God, if that's something laying there in the message that your prophet could do that, that's not just one time, not just two times, but it can happen again. I believe the same God is here today. My eye, I'm not looking at the circumstance. It might be three miles deep, but may your word go forth and may it find my son's soul. I believe that word. I believe it. Can it do it, Johnny? It sure can. It can find anybody. A seed of God. It don't matter where he is. He's going to find them and bring them back. Hallelujah. My, he says, you fine little sweetheart. I'm giving you three examples. Three's a witness. He says, you have asthma, don't you, honey? You have an awful time with it. I'm speaking prophet vision. I'm speaking God binoculars. I'm speaking penetrating into that realm. 
you just cough and cough at nighttime. Mother get, has to get up with you some, some time. And, oh, you cough. Is that right? I see mother working. Come here. Because my hands are poor substitute. Poor substitute for his. Honey, but this great angel of God who's standing right here now will honor my prayer. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? That might be a few years ago. But the same one, the same angel is here today. Do you believe it? Jesus said to the man who had an epileptic child, he says, Canst thou believe? Oh, he says, I believe. Tears running down his face. He said, Oh God, help thou my unbelief. But our brother rephrases it. He says, Oh God, forgive me for not believing. Forgive me for not believing your disciples. I believe. Canst thou believe? I believe. Because I asked for you as my own little girl. Now come here to Brother Branham. Dear Heavenly Father, poor little thing. I pray you take this curse away from her. May that little thing get well. I bless her in Jesus Christ's name. Why, that wasn't a long prayer. That was two sentences long. It didn't have nothing to do with the prayer. The length of it, I should say. Or the volume of it. It was the faith that went into an unseen realm. And he says, oh, here it is. I ask for you as my own little girl. Dear Heavenly Father, poor little thing. I pray that you'll take this curse away from her. That me, that may the little thing get well. I bless her in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Who has the right to doubt God? That's his next line. Who has the right to doubt God? Now, he says, whoa, come here, honey. Come again here, sweetheart. Come here just a minute. Looky. And you can hear Butter Brown just trying to, something, something happen. He says, just a minute. Come right here. Oh, no, no. Go ahead. That's all right. Something happened. Something happened on the stage. No, no. Come here again, honey. Come here again. Oh, just a minute. Looky. Oh, no. No, no. It's okay. You go ahead. Go. That's all right. There he is. There he is. Oh my goodness, he said. She suffers the same thing. That's right, sir. Lady, I've seen, never seen you in my life. Do you have a prayer card? You don't have a prayer card. The woman speaks about her brand. He says, God be merciful. When I felt that little girl go by, catch this now, I felt that asthma jerk again. This is a prophet. This is penetrating into a different realm. This is faith in an unseen realm, saints. He says, oh, I thought, where's that coming from? That's on the child. It jumped back on her again. Oh, it come back through there. I thought I, I brought the child back. He said, come here, little. Come here, sweetie. Come back. He was, I brought the child back. Oh, he says, but the child's free. He says, I come back and felt it. And there he was. Oh my, he might hide from a doctor, but he can't hide from God. He's exposed. Amen. I don't know what your problem is, but God, he, the devil can't hide from God. The devil can't hide from faith optics. That's word vision that's going to penetrate a realm. Amen. And a prophet said, wait, well, there he is. And he said, oh my, he said, it's a horrible demon. Especially he hibernates in content countries like this, low and swampy. Have faith in God. If you battle asthma, that demon is exposed. He can't hide no more. He see, even identifies in the country where he sits and hibernates. Kill him. 
Low and swampy country. He likes to hibernate. I was just watching to see what would take place. <laughs> I was just watching. With these eyes, mm-mm. it was eyes of faith that penetrated another realm that could see a demon that's trying to hide, trying to jump on someone else. Is that a little one? No, it's not that. He's trying, he's trying to sense where it is. But the eyes of a prophet could pick up where that demon was and expose him for what he was. Amen. That ain't no human eyesight. It was the word of God. That's the reason we need spiritual eyesight, saints. We're battling a battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in high places. You need word vision to be able to identify, isolate, and pinpoint devils in your world, not allowing them to get in your, in your life, not allowing them to get in your home. If you're not having that word vision, he's going to hibernate. Low and swampy countries. At least that one. Think of the detail into that realm. My. Thank the Lord for a prophet. You know, Brother Branham, he speaks the unveiling of God. He speaks about Scripture. The word is always behind a veil. Back in the Old Testament, Exodus, the children of Israel, they saw thunderings and lightnings and the noise of the trumpet, of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, and people saw it and they removed and stood afar off. They said, Moses, speak thou with us, and we'll hear you, but don't let God speak to us, lest we die. They couldn't handle the mountain was thundering and the fire and the lightning and thunder. So, oh, no, no, you speak, Moses. So God veiled himself in a prophet to speak the word, his words to them. That's what he'd done. Moses was that living word to the people, veiled by the pillar of fire, speaking what was to be veiled later behind badger skins. That's what Brother Benham says. And so Moses became the word of God to Israel, veiled. And without Moses, there was no interpretation. There was no revealed word. It wasn't there. Moses had the word. Brother Abraham says they were written by God. Nobody could interpret them. Moses had to interpret them. That's the reason he veiled his face. Do you see it? Then if we travel a little bit further in Exodus, Moses had been done speaking and he put a veil on his face. And when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off until he came out. And he came out and spake unto the children of Israel that which was commanded. And the children of Israel saw off the face of Moses and the skin shone. And Moses put the veil upon his face again until he went in to speak with him. He says, now Moses, you understand, the people understand now. See, I have showed you. I have vindicated you. God had veiled himself in his prophet to speak his word to the people. Moses was the living God to them. The living word of God made manifest. That's what God used his prophets for. He was, they became the living God to the people because God would reveal his word to them and they would then interpret to the people. And God did that down to the ages. Brother Brown says, and God called prophets gods because they had the word of God. If a man who has the word of God, it's not the man. It's the word the people's listening to. It isn't the man. It's the word. And if the prophets, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Elisha, 
they, if they had thus saith the Lord, God said, as long as that word was going from them, they were gods. God said himself, he was the one done the announcing because it wasn't a man. He took the man out and put himself in there to speak. Amen. Scripture says, I am the Lord and I change not. If he did it that way, then he's going to do it that way now. He don't change. His program don't change. If he put it, put his word in his prophet and he veiled himself in flesh and Moses became the living God to the people and manifested the word, the same thing would happen down through the ages for God changes not. And surely the Lord God will do nothing but he revealed his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. This is God's word. Amen. Now. Jesus Christ, the son of man, God prophet. If he had been the great pillar of fire, but around said and seen and see a great pillar of fire had come down and showed them the Pharisees and such them what he was, that he was a great pillar of fire. They would have believed it. If Jehovah would have went around that way, he said, but you see what he did. He just could so that he could bypass all them smart and wise people. He just revealed himself like he promised Moses. I'll speak to them through a prophet. And he was the son of man, a prophet. And some of them recognized it. About 100% of 100 in the world, they believed it. About 100% of 100 in the world believed it. The rest of them didn't. But he was just the same. That 100% of 100, it was eyes that could penetrate another realm. Amen. They could see past the veil. That's what was a critical. They were having a hard time with the veil. Their eyes were getting stuck in the flesh, right? They were straining at the veil. It's, I just, it doesn't make sense. I can't see that. It's too simple. It's too humble. Really, really, if you look at, you know what? Nazareth is never mentioned in the scripture until Jesus of Nazareth. It's like a no place. It's not, you find it on the map. Then it's non-existent almost. That's where he chose to come. To baffle their minds. Not the great glamorous things. God is so real in simplicity. It pleases God to reveal himself. And then hide himself. And reveal himself in simple little things. And put over the top of the head of man. And here now he Jesus comes. He must have had a good chuckle. Picking Nazareth. Because he liked to reveal himself in simplicity. And here he comes in Nazareth, some little village town. Anything good come out of it? It's a speck of dust on the map. He has no home. He's no place to rest. Jesus is just like a vagabond. He doesn't have any place to put his head or his foot on a footstool. He's got nothing. His family background is a wretched reputation. He's, he's an illegitimate child. Oh my goodness. He's, who would even want to be with him? He's a wine bibber. As the scripture says, the son of man came eating and drinking. They say, oh, behold, a man is gluttonous and a wine bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. This was the, un, the this was the word in flesh that was before the people and they were Tumbling at the veil. I can't get past the fact that he's, that he's this, this man, this illegitimate man from Nazareth. It took eyes. Different set of eyes to see that. Oh my, he says, don't long for the complex and sophisticated saints. God moves in the simple. Moses was simple. 
chose a simple family, no record of them. Son of Levi, that's all we know. He took a common, ordinary family, simplicity, a simple human being. Amen. To come and manifest or deliver in Egypt. What about today? What about today? He expresses himself through a simple veil of flesh. If that's how he's done it before, he's going to do it again and again and again. Don't miss how he's revealing himself. I don't have, I, my goodness, I, got, I don't even have time to even go into it. But dear goodness, saints, we know, I, I could skip far ahead. But don't, don't disregard the fact that God can place his seed, his spirit inside of you. Your little humble abode. You say, I'm from like a Nazareth little town. I'm a nobody. Who even thinks about me? Who even cares about me? But God has revealed himself in your flesh. And one one hundredth of a hundred percent is going to be like you. Yeah, right. Really. Moving on. You're, you're God's bride. You're God in flesh today. Mm-mm, not happening. But they did the same to Jesus Christ. And they'll do the same to the bride. But you are part of his expression of who he is in this day. Amen. Veiled in your simplicity. Don't desire to be some puffed up complex, whatever not. Attaining this great high, he wants the simple and the humble. That's what he reveals himself through. Mind knows David said, Oh, that man is off his mind. Scientifically, he's wrong. Mentally, he's wrong. Oh, but to Noah, it was the word of God. And Noah stayed with it, and the wise and prudent stumbled over this simplicity, and they lost their being, as in they died. And Brother Abraham says, What a rebuke it is to that generation. Oh, he said, But if I live back then, if I lived back then, no, no, but Abraham says, no, you would have took the same attitude as you are right now. Right now. Very same attitude. You do it whether because today is the very same thing reproduced again today, only in another form. And they stumble over it today, just like they did then. Mm. My, how many would have loved to come back? I missed it. Can I just come back and, and redo that again? Caiaphas, I'm sure he would have wanted to repeat something again. The Pharisees probably want to repeat something again. Let me just, let me have another stab at it. And I, you only get one chance. You only have one opportunity. And their eyes missed it. Their eyes missed it. My brother Branham, how many missed it in our day? How many are missing it in our day? Brother Branham, he speaks. It just so smote me as he spoke about the different, the, the little, the little fishy. And he, there was just a simplicity, a little fish that had pulled the guts all out there fishing. And that little fish floating on top of the water. All the entrails pulled out. And he said, I give you your life, little fishy. Just a, just, just a simple account. Not so simple. People were missing what was going on. He said, there, a little laying in the water, dead half an hour, gills all pulled out. It come to life and swam away as good as another fish. God is able these stones to rise up the children of Abraham. He says, he'll bring his message forth. And if the people won't believe it, God will raise up an opossum to believe it. My goodness, in there, he says, the opossum come to his door and lay there at the doorstep looking for healing. A little mummy and her little babies. And people just stumble over what was going on, missing what was happening. God unveiling himself before us, the son of man, revealing the son of man. And here a little opossum was tripped over and people were missing it. And Brother Branham says, God will raise up an opossum. My. 
He says, what a rebuke to this generation when they stumble over and fuss about it, didn't do this or didn't do that, and God sent a simple animal in, recognizing what was there. You're telling me a little opossum had enough sense, had enough eye vision to penetrate a different realm. An opossum, nature, oh God. Open the eyes of your people. Open the eyes of this generation. My. But there even, I think, John, but Abraham talks about John the Baptist. His eyes filmed over the scales of John's eyes. He says, oh, he's, he's going up. He's in there, but John says he's gonna, he's speaking about Jesus. He's gonna shuck the hide off. He said, he's gonna separate the wheat from the chaff. He's gonna burn it up. He's gonna thoroughly purge the floors. His fan is in his hand. But what, what? A little bitty? Sputter Brown's coat. Now, they had all drawn up. He'll have a spirit that'll reach a mile long. He'll stand back over there in Palestine and stand up one of these white clouds. He'll pick up all these Romans and like this and cast them into hell. <laughs> Why they had it all fixed up? It was a little lamb. Come moving out among them meek and gentle. Pushed around this way and that way. Even John said, now look, go ask, is he actually the one? So humble. Till the prophet was missing it. And he said, is he the one or do we seek another? So simple. If it was that way then, how about now? How about now? If your little eagle eye is getting filmed over a little bit and say, is this really it? It's okay. John was there. So they came to Jesus. <laughs> he came to Jesus. My goodness, he says, you're in the meeting. You're hearing what's happening. Amen. The dead are being raised. People are being healed. The blind see. The lame walk. The gospel's being preached to the poor. Saints of God. You say, well, I don't see any dead bodies being raised up. I do. <laughs> I do. Because I sure desire a spiritual dead body to be raised up from the dead over any natural body this day. Give me a spiritual one. Give me one spiritual dead one that is raised up from the grave. I'll take that any day. Then a hundred dead bodies out of the grave in Langley because they'll die again. But a spiritual awakening, a spiritual one that comes from the dead spiritually is alive forevermore. Amen. That's what I'm praying for. Awake the dead, oh God. Raise the dead. It's happening. John, bride, give your eagle eye just a little filmed over. The dead are being raised. The sick are being healed. Amen, Sister Francine. God is on the move, saints. It only takes one. One. God is moving around the world, not just here, bride-wide. Bride-wide. Don't get stuck in Cloverdale Bible Way. It's around the world. God is moving here. God is moving there. God is moving there. It's his bride, saints. Revelation being poured out. The spiritual dead is being raised in a dead generation of Laodicea. If that ain't a miracle, I don't know what is. 
John preached the gospel that a Messiah was coming. His fan is in his hand. Thoroughly purged the floor. Burned the chapel with unquenchable fire. But when he come, he was meek and mellow. And he didn't meet up to what John was thinking. But he said, you go tell John. I'm just running right on schedule. Amen. God's running right on schedule. Don't you worry. Oh, is it exactly? Is this who it is? Is it really the time? I mean, I thought the rapture would happen right now. I'm right on schedule. God is saying, don't you worry not about it. Just believe. Just anchor your faith. Don't waver nothing. Penetrate the supernatural and see that I'm moving amongst my bride. And I'm calling them out of a people. And I'm getting ready to go. I'm right on schedule. Amen. Everything's all right, John. Everything's all right, bride. I'm right on schedule. I'm right where I want to be. You just be where you ought to be. I'm where I need to be. Amen. Don't you step back. Don't you falter none. Keep your eyes of faith. Looking into the realm of the heavenly. There ain't nothing wrong. God still lives and he's still God. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so glad that God revealed it unto babes. Such as would learn. His elected. Why? Because she, his elected, she's got those eagle eyes. She can see into that realm. Because she accepted a word into her heart. So that she then has vision to see into another realm. Amen. God, he keeps himself hid from the world and reveals himself to his elected. Amen. Anointed. So his elected then are anointed. To see beyond the flesh. Amen. They're given a super sight. <laughs> Something no one else gets. They yearn for it. They put out their wonder womans. Because they're, it's, it's a negative reflection. But there is a wonder woman. She has been given super sight. She has been given super strength. She's been given everything she needs. To be victorious. And a mighty conqueror. In the most wicked and dark age. That's the wonder woman. Amen. And you know the same thing. The word in flesh. But I said, do you know the same thing? A genuine Christian is veiled today. A genuine Christian is veiled today to unbelievers. That's you. Oh, see them women with long hair and things and wearing your dresses. Oh my, but I said, look at that old model. Women twisted their hair, got a flat spare tire up there. <laughs> They're missing it. They were missing it. Oh my. My, we're going to close here somewhere. My goodness. <laughs> Scripture says, but their minds were blinded. For until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament. Which veil is done gone away, done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is still on their heart. Nevertheless, ooh, I love this scripture. Nevertheless, when it, what's it? Their heart. Because the verse prior that says the veil is on their heart. Nevertheless, when it, 
their heart, shall turn to the Lord. The veil shall be taken away. When will their heart be turned? Because it was a message. Because it was a prophet that had to come. God veiled in flesh again to give a word that will turn your heart. And in the turning of your heart, the veil is taken away so you can see the word of your day. Amen. My goodness, nevertheless, when it out there, when their heart, there's a season, there's a time, there was a place ordained at this last day when the heart was going to be turned because there had to be a bride that is going to be able to have eyesight to see a word that is going to rapture the last day, the last age, the last bride from this day in a rapture. She has to see a word that can grab her, that can give her the face she needs. So at the time, at the season, nevertheless, their heart will turn by a message of the hour. Amen. Only the Word of God, only the Word of God is able to penetrate and capable to discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. Is that Scripture? Only the Word of God. And so it's able to discern between soul and spirit. It's able to penetrate that realm. Mmm. Amen. Lots of wonderful services. Lots of wonderful churches. Lots of wonderful things going out there. They worship. But it's a spirit realm worship. They're just in that little tinkling. It feels good. It's wonderful. A lot of people in that realm. But the Word of God. The word of God for the hour. It has to come through an anointed messenger. Because it's the only thing that can discern and cut between spirit and soul. And plant a seed. And you penetrate the seed realm. Because you're an elected seed. You're foreordained. And so the light of God's word can penetrate. Can cut between that. And put the light on your soul. And quicken the seed that's in you. If it ain't the word, it just tinkles the spirit realm. It feels wonderful. We're just living in that spirit up and realm. Oh, I'm a sinner today. I'm a saint tomorrow. I, I'm, I'm not, you know, that, that's an up and down walk. It's the soul realm. It's the word of God that has to, dis, to, to, to penetrate that area of your life. The soul. Amen. Amen. That's the word. And only the word. It pierces the supernatural realm. And it opens eyes to see. And brings your, brings your seed to life. That's what brought you to life is the word. Amen. It quickened. Amen. It quickened the woman at the well. She was staring there. Oh, she had her problems. No husbands and this and that and five husbands and the one she was with. But then something started happening. He spoke something to her. He discerned her thoughts and intents of her heart. The word did. That's why Brother Brandon went back to that so often because he just, the word of God is a discerner. The word of God is a discerner. If it happened to the woman at the well, if it happened in Abraham, it's the word of God. It's the same. I change not. He says, wait, I perceive that thou art a prophet. (laughs) 
Oh, something's happening. Something quickened. Something penetrated the soul realm. And something started to spring to life. And her eyesight is starting to come. Maybe she had some scales over them. She couldn't see, but now it started to open up. I perceive that thou art a prophet. If you look at that perceive, it's a Greek word. It actually comes from theater. because So it's like you're watching something unfold. And she's watching. She's, wait a second. Something was unfolding before her eyes. God was becoming man in flesh before I the Messiah is gonna come he's gonna do these things she was watching it happen she, I perceive something you do indeed because you're a daughter of God and your eyesight's starting to open you're starting to penetrate you're starting to penetrate another realm not the fleshly realm not the spirit realm but a soul realm the word of God realm and she says oh my she says the the, the um, she says the Messiah she said, which is called Christ, when he come, he'll tell us all these things. <laughs> she's watching. It's like she's looking at the theater. She's sitting in a big play. She's like, oh, see something happening. Something's going on. When the Messiah come, he's going to tell He's called Christ. And he's going to come and tell us these things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just speak it to you and he. <laughs> Glory! Well, what'd she do? She dropped her water pot. She's like, I've seen it all. The play is over. I see Christ unveiled before me. I'm going to tell people, look at this. Come see a man. Come see a man. Don't perceive, not stand back. Now come and see, because he is the one. He is the Messiah. He is the living God in flesh today. Amen. Isn't that what happened? Isn't that what happened to each one of us? Some started to prick a heart. Some started to well up. Oh my. It's like you started to see something and there was a moment. Something happens. Whoa! I see it. I see the word of my day. The prophet brought a message so that Christ was unveiled before me. It's the Messiah in flesh again. Amen. That's what must happen. Every bride will come to that point. Come see a man. Come see a man. Oh my. There's so much more I could go through. <laughs> you know, I looked at the scripture. I was just so struck. And many times it happens through scripture. Always there's two. So many times there's two. There was Micaiah and Zedekiah. There was Jeremiah and Hananiah. There's two. Right? So many times you see that through scripture. But I was just struck by something. And it will, it will end here maybe. <laughs> Lord help me. I haven't preached here for a long time. <laughs> it's my first time, remember? <laughs> if you go to Luke, Jesus perceived their thoughts. And he said, answering unto them. <laughs> you know, this should have rattled their minds. Because he just perceived their thoughts. He says, what reason ye in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee or to rise up and walk? <laughs> they just thought this. That in itself should have, he just told me what I was thinking. And I know that's happened many times by the speaking of the word over many years. Someone's like, did he just like speak everything that I thought or talked about yesterday? Because it's the word of God. It's a discerner of the thoughts and tents of the heart. It's the same yesterday and today and forever. And so here it was yesterday in Jesus' day and they were being perceived and not catching it. And he says, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon the earth to forgive sins. 
He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and walk. Take up thy couch and go into thine house. Huh, because they were questioning, how can you say that sins be forgiven? He's like, what's easier? Well, of course, they're like, well, rise up and walk would be much, much harder. Okay, rise up and walk. And so now, <laughs> take that. And immediately he rose up before them and took up, took up uh, that whereupon he lay. And they were all amazed and glorified God. And they were filled with fear and saying, whoa, we have seen such strange things today. <laughs> yes, your heart and your mind was just discerned. And you missed it. You bet you saw strange things today. And after these things, he went forth and he saw a publican. Now catch this. Named Levi. Matthew, as we would know him. Sitting at the receipt of custom. A tax collector. Sitting there. Taking money. The Jews hated them. Of course, because they were taking a little bit off the top. Right? Pulling taxes for the Romans. Maybe a little commission for them. And so they were living decently well, generally. And they were not liked. At all. And so here he was sitting at the receipt of custom. And Jesus came by and said, follow me. Next verse. And he left all. Rose up. And followed him. Oh my. I love Matthew. Follow me. I left all and followed him. That way, I guess. Just like that. Just like that. So often we go to the other story. And when he was gone forth in a way, there came one running and kneeled and said, Good master, what must I do to obtain eternal life? Matthew actually didn't even ask. He was just sitting there. You might not have even been at... You, you, maybe something was in your heart. Something was in Matthew's heart because he was ordained. But... He wasn't running and saying, Lord, what must I do? What must I do to get eternal life? Oh. And Jesus said, why call us me good? There's none good but one, one that is God. You know the commandments? Do not kill, commit adultery, etc., etc. False witness, fraud, honor the Father. And he answered, oh, I've, I've observed these all from my youth. Mm-hmm. But one thing thou lackest. Sell all you have and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Take your cross and follow me. Two people. One saw beyond the flesh and saw there's something more. There's something beyond the flesh. Something in my heart is craving for what he is. He must be, you know, this is the Messiah. They've been hearing it. Matthew didn't even didn't even hesitate but here one is crying out and yearning and the same call comes to him and says follow me and he could not could not and he grieved went away grieved for he had great possessions both looked christ in the eyes both stood in front of eternal life both of them had an equal opportunity both of them had the same thing said to them follow me follow me But one had eyes that could penetrate into another realm and see, I must follow him because that's eternal life. One was asking for it, but he couldn't see. He was stuck somewhere. Somewhere he had some enough to ask, but he couldn't see past the flesh because if he did, he would have surely sold all he had and said, that's eternal life. I'm craving it, but he didn't see it. 
didn't see it in front of him. Couldn't get past the flesh. Balaam couldn't get past the flesh. Mm, All he could see was the hinder parts. All he could see was, was all the back parts, but he couldn't see that there was a pillar of fire in the, in the children of Israel. But Abraham said they couldn't, eat. there was a shout of the king of the camp, but it was just the back parts that they was looking at. Yeah, there are back parts. We're humans. We have, we have our uncomely areas of our lives, but there's, the eyes look past the flesh. God looks past the flesh. He looks at the blood of Christ that covers me. When God looks with his eyes, he's looking at a bride. He doesn't perceive your back parts. He's looking through, he's saying, and he penetrates into another realm. And he says, I see you spotless. I see you blameless. I see you purged white as snow because I'm looking at you through the blood. That's the supernatural eyesight of God when he looks at you. Balaam was stuck. The rich young ruler was stuck. But God's people will look past the flesh as God looks past the flesh. Therefore, so must we. So must we. Don't have a spirit of Balaam that is looking at the back parts of somebody. Oh, look, they got all this problem here. Did you know about this person? I mean, can you imagine what he did here? Cut it off. Forget about it. It's Balaam's spirit. You look at the front parts of God's people. Oh, what? Look at that young lady. Look at that young man. He's in, he's toward. Isn't he living for Christ? Oh my, I heard maybe something. I should go and pray for them because maybe they need God to help them uh, go through a certain trial. That's God's spirit that's looking past the flesh and looking into the supernatural. Amen. That's where we will end. Amen. No spirit of Balaam. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Look into that unseen realm. Let your eyes, with this word, penetrate another realm. Amen? Amen, musician. Why don't you come? Don't, and be, oh God, if there's a Matthew sitting in here, maybe you're a rank sinner. Maybe you're a rank sinner sitting on your screen. I don't really know or care. But God cares. And his word is saying, come follow me. Follow me. Don't be the rich young ruler that's saying, oh, man, I got too much. But it's, regardless of the possessions, I don't care. He could have had billions and billions of dollars if he had perceived with his eyes that this was God in flesh. It wouldn't matter if he had a trillion, trillion dollars. He would have run with him. He wouldn't even have thought about selling. He's like, sell? Forget selling. I'm leaving it behind. Off I go. Because that's what Matthew did. Sell all I have. I don't really care what I got. I'm following the word. Amen. Follow the word. Hallelujah. Amen, Lord. I said, you know, what are you looking at tonight? Who are you tonight? Are you Matthew? Maybe you're the woman at the well. Don't be Balaam. Don't be Cain. We didn't even get into Cain. He did all the wonderful things that a worshiper should do. But he didn't see with faith a sacrifice lamb. He didn't see, he didn't have a revelation. His eyes of faith weren't they didn't exist for him. But he did everything else. Oh God. I said, mm I say we're bride. We are the word manifested today. And we're seeing in another realm. Where our eyes penetrate because it's word vision that lets us see into an unseen realm to see the word of our day unfold and be manifest through the bride. Amen. Amen. Whew. So much we missed. 
My goodness, we couldn't even get into Dothan, even into the scripture. There's more for you than against you, amen? That's what, if you get past your circumstances, you find out there's more for you standing around you. Oh God, open your eyes and you can recognize who you are. Forget the three miles of circumstances. God, open your eyes tonight for there's around you horsemen and chariots of fire that are going to fight your battle. That's a mini sermon on the opening scripture. Amen. Let's stand. God bless you, saints. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. My goodness. I had a whole bunch of different songs to sing. (laughs) Hallelujah. Let's sing my Redeemer's faithful and true. I love this song. Do you know the verses of the song? I do. Do you know the song? Shake your head. Put your hand in the air. Say, I know the verse of this song. Good. Help me sing it. Because I love this song. It's so sweet. It's just something I want to sing back to him. Say, Lord, you carried me through. There's one thing I've learned in this life. My Redeemer is faithful and true. Amen. Oh, as I look back, that I travel, I've seen him so many times that he's carried me through. And if there's one thing that I've learned in my life, my Redeemer.
Blessed be your name, Lord. You are so faithful and true, oh God. Everything, Lord, who else can say that? Everything he has said, he will do. Oh, only the King of glory can say something like that. Lord, that we can have confidence, not in man. Everything man says, Lord, they'll fail somewhere. Man will fail somewhere. But you alone are the only one who can say, everything I've said, I will do. Oh, God, would the people so grab a hold of your word. Lord, every promise in the book is there tonight. May, Lord, our eyes be so opened up, oh God. Not just little slits, but wide-eyed to your word that we can see in that realm, looking far ahead into the, into the future with the eyesight of God. Oh, Lord, your prophet said, he goes, oh, that we got eyes of faith that can penetrate far out, can see a rapture coming, and we can hold fast because we know everything you have said you will do. You're not going to leave your bride stranded here on earth. You're not going to say, well, sorry, I forgot about you at the end time. I'm just going to take those before. Everything, every bride, every member will be saved. There's not one left behind. Oh, God, may we hold fast until that time, Lord. And may we also be faithful to the end. Faithful to the end, Lord Jesus, that we will not let up, oh, God. Not in easy times. But we're so thankful our Redeemer is faithful and true. Lord, take each one here tonight. Take them home. Some have long drives. Thinking of, Lord, our saints that are maybe, that are stranded on the other side of this, of our freeway. Thinking of Brother Adam Moore's family. Bondi family. Different ones again, you found, Lord. Different ones in Abbotsford don't know, Lord. Maybe ones are stranded, but Lord, be their comfort. We haven't had these times like this before. But Lord, it's just squeezing us a little bit more. Squeezing us to get ready, Lord, so that we're, our eyes are so set forward on a rapture. Oh God, take your people. Comfort them, Lord, with these words, as your scripture says. And we'll go home, pondering, Lord, what you've deposited into our heart. Dismiss your people now in the name of Jesus Christ. Go with them, Lord. Amen. 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 God bless you. Sorry for holding you a little longer. I pray you just set the things of this world aside and look with eyes of faith. Amen. You might be the Jonah. You might have three miles deep just turn your back on it. Amen. Don't look at no circumstance. God bless you. Lord be with you. We love you. Have a wonderful week. And Lord Terry's. We don't have rapture. We'll see you on Sunday. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.